is it about women's pain that we so like to deny? Hi folks, I'm Annette of AnnetteLeonard.com, back with Chronic Wellness. I recently started listening to a podcast that I think came out earlier this year called The Retrievals. And I am not spoiling anything by telling you that the premise is about a clinic at Yale that was doing egg retrievals for the purposes of fertility on uh, individuals. And when it came time to do the retrievals, one of the nurses at the clinic was not administering the pain medication, but was taking it for herself because she had a problem with addiction. And the women who are being interviewed are describing such debilitating, crippling, biting, <laughs> excruciating pain. And they are so systematically denied, told they've been given all they can have, uh, told that their experience is outside of the norm and dismissed, um, given alternate stories to try to believe. Uh, for example, one woman had an unusually high number of eggs that were retrieved. And so a nurse said to her, maybe it hurt so much because we were able to get so many eggs. And so that false positive story was offered in exchange <laughs> for pain. And numerous other examples, examples upon examples of how the doctors, the nurses, the spouses, the women themselves were conditioned out of believing their own experiences. And it's so disheartening, <laughs> shocking, saddening to understand that in the 2020s, we're still doing to women what was done in the time of Hippocrates in the, I don't know, BCE 300s? I'm not sure I have that right but definitely BCE, <laughs> when women were told that they had hysteria because their wombs were empty and therefore free-floating, causing anger and outrage and pain and therefore uncontrolled emotion. 
if you haven't read Cleghorn, Ellen, Eleanor Cleghorn's book, Unwell Women, uh, she thoroughly documents how women's pain, and radically more so women of color's pain, is systemically denied, uh, disbelieved, discounted, undertreated, undermedicated. And it's hard to fathom that it all tracks back to hysteria and then on to Freud and yet what's another better more compelling explanation and actually why do we care what the explanation is unless that explanation helps us root out this bias these prejudices these prejudicial behaviors and there is an epidemic of under treating under medicating disbelieving discrediting women's pain and for any of us who suffer from pain in a chronic way or complex pain syndromes this becomes particularly gnarly to try to untangle when we work to get our pain believed. Whether it's becoming incredibly cerebral and trying to argue on behalf of our pain, whether it's becoming loud and emotional and trying to get our pain heard, um, whether it's trying to display our pain in outbursts and shock campaigns. <laughs> and each of those, along with other methods, have their consequences. And very few of those consequences are believing us, hearing us, taking appropriate action, and treating our pain as it, as it needs to be treated. And our pain is disproportionately addressed compared to men. And while I understand that gender is a construct, it still is the construct out of which we are operating. And until that is no longer the case, it will have some weight here. It will have some credence. It will come to bear on the decisions that people make, that providers make, in how I am perceived. I remember the first time that I got meningitis. I was experiencing new degrees of pain. What I had previously thought <laughs> was a nine on my pain scale, I had 
blown way past. And so I was laying in a hospital hallway. Um, the experience of light and sound and touch was unbearable. And I was trying to have a doctor talk to me about my experience right then. And it was all I could do to keep from grinding my teeth down to nubs and vomit into my mouth and, and keep from just leaving my body because I was in so much pain. And he said, what would you tell me your pain is on a scale of one to nine, one to 10? And I said, it's at least a nine. And he said, lady, it's hard to, to believe you say that when I see you smiling at me. And thankfully, my partner was with me and she intervened and said, I understand why you might say that. And she is a people pleaser and she puts her best foot forward and often um, smiles at things that aren't funny because she doesn't know how else to cope with them. And she also uh, is a people pleaser and is trying to make you hear her. And oftentimes she knows that people believe her best when they're getting along with her. So trust her when she tells you that that number is a nine. Not everyone has that kind of advocate. Not everyone is that well known that someone could advocate for them like that. And the doctor did a spinal tap because he believed that something was happening for me that was out of the norm. But he could have just thought I was drug seeking and sent me home. I'm not coming with solutions here, just anger, outrage, readiness for this system to be different than it is. What about you? Do your doctors believe you when you report your pain? Is your pain being appropriately addressed? When you have needed pain relieving medication, your pain to be addressed. Is it being, has it been? Let's talk about it. I hope that you have doctors who listen to, respect and hear you. And that we are heading toward a world where women's pain is believed and understood. 
Until we're together again, I thank you for tuning in. I love you. I'm sorry for the pain that you feel. And I hope that you're finding ways to tend to your heart, tend to your pain, and find ways for your spirit to be well. <laughs>